Welcome to another episode of the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks, and we are back to talk about this game two, where the Dallas Mavericks lose 129-109. to It was a hard-fought game, but in the end, there was way too many mistakes and way too much Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter. But before we get into that, let me speak to you guys about our Sports Ethos crew. There is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. Because er- it's never too early to get a jump on prep, right? Everyone's trying to win. We all love to play the game. And we'll have an incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head over to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself one extra lunch per month, but it's only $5.99. Please go get it. These guys work incredibly hard. And if you're trying to win, this is definitely a tool you need. Now, that being said, back to talking about this Dallas and Phoenix Suns series. And so... Again, the score is 129 to 109, but here's the deal. I think what we're looking at is a is a situation where elite player runs up against elite team. And we've seen this happen before, right? This isn't the first time it's happened where you're watching a game, you see an incredibly talented player, and you're saying, man, if he just had a little more help. And for the Dallas Mavericks, they've been getting help all up until this series so to speak i mean all season they've been great they ended up as a fourth seed they've had a great year guys have played really well but in the end they only have one elite player so when you play against elite teams the elite talent is going to rise to the top so it's no coincidence that luca is having no issues but the others are having issues so let's talk about jalen brunton for example This is a guy who was averaging 28 points against the Utah Jazz. Looked to be phenomenal, especially while Luka was out. He, I mean, he literally looked like Damon Stoudemire. I mean, they couldn't do anything with him. He scored at ease. He got anything he wanted. Fast forward to the Phoenix series, and he's struggling to find openings on the floor. Some of that has to do with the length and the athleticism of the Phoenix Suns, they're a significantly better defensive team than the Utah Jazz. But also, um, I think schematically, he it's just not possible for him to get the exact same looks he was getting against Utah. And for example, what I mean by that is he scored a lot in the mid-range. That's probably not going to happen in this series. So he's going to have to be a more aggressive three-point shooter to kind of offset his in-between game. And if he can do that, they'll be, in, I think, in much better shape. I think that's an adjustment that he can personally make, but also the coaching staff, is to get him more looks from the three-point line. Because as it is, they're already shooting a ton of threes anyway. You might as well get him in on the party as a guy who's shooting them as well. Um, That being said, I think also... Something that would help if Spencer Dinwiddie could get going. Um, And to their credit, I mean, he had 11 points in this game. He was 3 of 10, 2 of 5 from the three-point line. 
Um, Jalen Brunson only had nine points. He has 22 points for the series total, and he's shooting 32%. And for him, that's a dramatic decrease, and that's definitely not helping them try to win this series because, again, against an elite team, you need nothing short of elite effort from everyone. And so that being said, in this game where Jalen Brunson didn't play as well as maybe most would have wanted and expected, they started out in a hole again, and it kind of went back and forth. Once they got settled into the game, it also didn't help that Brunson ended up in foul trouble. Dorian Finney-Smith ended up in foul trouble because they just don't really have the bodies to withstand foul trouble. And it kind of, I, I understand Jason Kidd's, thinking when leaving those guys in, although they have foul trouble, because having two two fouls in the first quarter is not ideal. But because they have such a short bench, it's almost as if you have no choice but to leave those guys in. So I understand him staying with his guys, but there's also something to be said for maybe giving some guys a look or at least bringing them in to alleviate some of this pressure in terms of, them being on the floor and having to play with with two fouls and putting yourself at risk of getting a third foul and then having to really sit for super long stretches of time. And so you have all of this working against you and you're watching and you can see when you watch the Phoenix Suns operate offensively, sure, they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker who can go off at any time. But it's such a balanced attack. It's such a balanced attack, and they're not relying on one person to get it done every single time down court. And so, one, a lot less pressure to score. Two, two, it makes it easier to score and tougher for the opposing team because you have to key in on so many different threats. Meanwhile, when you watch the Dallas Mavericks, Soon as the Phoenix Suns score, it's back into Luka's hands, and Luka has to make everything happen. And so I think one of the adjustments that can be made is a little more a little more ball movement and man movement in the early portion of the shot clock, just so the defense isn't geared up for a Luka show every single possession. I think some of that can, and that's something that the Phoenix Suns do really well. They don't just come down and leave the, now late in the games and in situations, especially if a guy is hot, they will get to that, but they do a really good job of spreading the ball around and getting it, getting it in different guys' hands because the ball movement moving creates energy offensively. And that's something they do a really good job at while watching Dallas Mavericks. Everything they do is contingent upon how Luka is doing with the ball. And it's just hard to win that way against elite teams. So I think that's an adjustment that I don't know that they will make because I think at this point what they have done has gotten them this far. But that's something that I think they could do. And then as you know, you get down into the 14, 13, 12 second range, you start to get you start to get downhill with um, the likes of a Luka or the likes of a Brunson or the likes of a Spencer Dinwiddie. But it's hard. The only person that can really score on a defense that's loaded up, that's not shifting, is Luka. So if you're asking Spencer Dinwiddie to do that, not going to happen. If you're asking Jalen Brunson to do that, likely not going to happen. But if you get some ball movement, I think that can happen. 
So that's something I think they should look into doing as well. And I'm not sure how much they can play Dwight Powell at this rate. I think that he shrinks the floor, and it's already been shrunk by the length and athleticism of the Phoenix Suns. But you're closing down driving lanes for Brunson. You're closing down driving lanes for Spencer Dinwiddie when he's out there. And even Luka at times. I just think he limits them so much on both ends because, again, he's also not protecting the rim that well. And then offensively, he's not giving you anything if he's not a lob threat. So you have to ask the question, what is he offering to still be on the floor other than to just extend the amount of people that are playing so that you don't burn someone out? Maybe you shift him to the second unit and put Maxi with the first unit. I think that's something that um, they should consider so that they can, one, get off to a better start, but two, just to spread the floor and have more options on the offensive end because if you're not going to be able to stop them defensively, you got to at least have somebody that can combat what they're going to do to you um, on the offensive end. So I would like to see that or my hope is that they do that and do something to that degree just to offset what's happening because another part of why they're getting beat in this series is the Phoenix Suns, they shot 65% last night. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Mavericks, one, don't have the horses to stay in front of these guys for long stretches. But two, when they do make a decision to either blitz screens, um, to either hedge, or to come up and and pick up guys who are um, looking to be open players, Phoenix Suns are doing a great job of making the extra pass and giving whoever initiated it the hockey assist. Whether that's JaVale McGee, whether that's Cam Johnson, whether that's Jay Crowder, they do a really good job of knowing where the defense is and being able to find the next guy. And that's what's really hurting the Dallas Mavericks is their point of attack isn't the worst, but at the same time, once they once the Phoenix Suns beat that point of attack pressure, they're just finding guys all over the floor. Not to mention how well Devin Booker and Chris Paul are shooting from mid range, and how um, how they're scoring so consistently at the rim. Whether that's a lob to DeAndre or people just getting to the basket. There's really hasn't been any answer for that. So I think that's something that they have to strongly consider is, okay, we can't beat them. We, we're we not going to get many stops, but we have to be able to score. And what's the best way for us to maximize Brunson, maximize Spencer Dinwiddie, get Maxi Kleba looks? And again, with some of this, what happens is, so last night you get a spike game from Reggie Bullock. And what I mean by spike game is, you get an elevated amount of production on the uh, from the scoring side. And so he gave you 16 points. That would have looked really good had you got a better game from Dorian Finney-Smith, who only went one of two, or obviously Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie, who have to help do the heavy lifting. You get a 15 to 16-point game from those guys, who knows? And then you throw in Dorian Finney-Smith, maybe he makes three or four threes. But you need a more balanced attack for this to work. Luka's not going to be able to beat this team by himself. But they also schematically have to find ways to incorporate other guys into the offense because as it's currently looking, it's a lot of Luka and not a lot of anyone else. And some of that is due to the fact that they're just not being um, put into action and being as involved as they should be. Because 
even when you watch them play now, this the offense doesn't look like what it did when Luka was out in terms of other guys being able to get involved. And I know once Luka comes back, a lot of guys shift to their natural um, natural role. But in this situation, some of what Jalen Brunson did in, against Utah should have been integrated into what they're doing now. Give him more opportunity on the ball, even when Luka's in the game. Same thing for Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, give these guys opportunity to be playmakers so that Luka's not having to playmake so often, and then it burns him out on the defensive end. He's already not a great defender, but I know that I. it's obvious that he has to get in better condition. But no condition, You there's no way to get in condition to play the style of basketball that he's playing right now, which is to do everything on offense, defend at a high level on defense, and be put in the actions to where he's got to defend multiple times defensively. Anyone's going to be exhausted if you have to do that. That's just a lot to bear for a guy who has so much offensive responsibility. And so I think you have to try to help him out in a way by delegating some of that offensive responsibility and letting other guys uh, get going. And so that being said, you look at the way, you know, Dallas didn't shoot terribly from the three-point line. They were 17 to 41. They shot 41%. And this game was right there for the taking all up until about the eight and a half minute mark of the third of the fourth quarter, where it was 96 to 93 or 99 to 93. And from there on, they threw a lot to uh, CP3 threw a lot to Mikhail Bridges and they just took off from there. And it's as if everything just snowballed from a, a couple of turnovers, a couple of missed shots. Now the crowd's into it. And CP3 finally got into a mode to where he was just unstoppable. They hunted Luka on literally about six possessions in a row where they just put him into every pick and roll action, made him have to defend. He's out of gas. And I mean, it just basically was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment for those guys because they were right there with an opportunity to steal this game had they been able to capitalize off of what was happening when it was 93 to 99, if they could have gotten a stop, if they could have made a shot or two, just to keep the momentum from going over the hill as it did. And so, and, 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 you know, it's a learning lesson for, for Luca and for them as well. I think they all can learn from this because Chris Paul is a master at controlling a basketball game. And it may have looked as if they weren't necessarily in control, but they were in total control this entire time. And at that point, everything that the everything that the Phoenix Suns embody took over. When you talk about their athleticism, their extended roster, the the ability for everyone on the team the, the connectivity of them as a whole on offense and defense shows that the Mavericks still have another step to go to compete. And at this point, they have to play almost perfect basketball. And so I think that's the only thing that they can do is adjust from that is from the offensive side. Defensively, throwing some different coverages, maybe trapping a little bit more when, especially when a guy gets going. Devin Booker or Chris Paul score a couple of times. You have to figure out a way to get the ball out of their hands and make other guys make shots. And to their credit, early they were doing a good job of that. And, and Jay, uh, Jay Crowder 
was the one that kept them in a, in a lot of that um, in a lot of the game early on. But to keep it in perspective, with all that being said, Dallas was up sixty to fifty eight at halftime, and as the game once the game ended, they still had only won one quarter out of four, and they have to find a way to close quarters better, but they also have to find a way to incorporate guys better as well, and so I think that's the thing: can they get Jalen Brunson going? Can they get Spencer Dinwiddie going? And can they get more timely stops? They might not be able to stop them at all times, or they might not be able to stop them for, you know, seven, eight, nine minute stretches. But can you get stops situationally and keep the game within reach where up where you're getting equal contribution ac- across the board or close to it? And then Luca's individual ability can shine late in a game where he's not exhausted or having to play catch up an entire game. And then the game just gets away from him or gets away from the team in general. So game three should be interesting. They're going to be in a desperate situation. But again, this is just when you're watching, it's a situation where there's an elite player playing against an elite team and they need more firepower. But if you can't get more firepower, you have to make a couple adjustments. And so that might mean Maxi playing extended minutes. That might mean... um, getting maybe trying to get Trey Burke in there just to get some firepower, someone who can help score and keep up with the Phoenix Suns. So hopefully they can do that and hopefully um, they can sneak out a win because if they get this game three win, that changes everything from a mentality standpoint, from a morale standpoint, and from a um, from a confidence standpoint. I think that it gives you confidence to know that, hey, we can do this, but they have to get game three. If they don't, I'm not sure how this series um, makes it past five or makes it past four because I'm sure the Phoenix Suns will be looking to close them out if they can get this final game. So thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe and download the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. Again, I'm your host, Lawrence Brooks. Corbin Ford wasn't able to be with us today, but I told him I'd hold it down. So Corbin, it's all good. Um, Next game will be 6.30 on Friday. So I'm sure we'll all be there. Hopefully they can make some some adjustments because, again, they were right there with eight and a half minutes left. And then the game just blew open and it was no longer a contest. So um, please uh, follow us on Twitter. That's Ethos Mavericks. And then follow my personal Twitter account. That's at LBSaidit. That's L-B-S-A-I-D-I-T. Again, you guys stay safe out there. Talk to you soon. Go Mavs.